0: My favorite thing to do is talk to you. Listening to how your life has been impacted and how you have grown in your organizational journey is so inspiring. Over the years, I have really internalized for myself and verbalized to you that perfect is not a thing. It does not exist. I have replaced the word perfect in my vocabulary with the word excellent. I am not a perfectionist. I am a person of excellence. I invite you to come to share your story about how you are being transformed from a reactive to a proactive person from an overwhelmed homeowner to one who is now in more control of your time and your spaces. We all want to hear what more grace feels like in your life with your unique circumstances. Do not wait until you are a perfectly organized person. Remember, perfect does not exist. I want to hear from you. Please sign up to join me for a Wednesday podcast interview at Organize365.com slash Wednesday. Well, I have a special treat for you starting 2024. Uh, The last few Wednesday podcast episodes, I've put myself on a uh, journey through the past, into the present, kind of marking in time some unique things that I'm experiencing right now that I want to be able to go back and listen to. And I thought it would be really fun if we had the first Wednesday podcast episode as an update from Emily Kelly. Welcome back. Thank you. I'm glad to be back. I, I have to say, people love it when you're on the podcast. I love it, too. And I love it, too. So since we all love it, I thought what a great way to start 2024. I agree. Fresh. Yes. So you and I have talked about how we both are planners. Like we like to plan. We like to reflect. You've gone through in past episodes like your reflection process. Do you want to just like
1: in a nutshell kind of share how you do your planning? Sure. You mean like between the new year and my birthday? Yes. Okay. So that's interesting because I just feel like I just started that already. Um, so since my birthday is February 15th, it gives me six weeks kind of like a running start on what it is that I want to do. So I never say like, oh, I'm going to lose 20 pounds. Oh, I'm going to you know, do all these miraculous things that never happen. I kind of start thinking about that around the new year. And I've started a little earlier this year just because I feel like things are shifting in my life. Anyway, so I'm trying to like capture those things as they're shifting and then get on board with those things, which I'll probably tell you a little bit more about later. So, like, first of the year, I start thinking, like, okay, realistically, I would like to work on my health. Okay, so this past year, In February, my goal was to lose 10 pounds, and I did that just by counting my calories on Lose It and realizing, wow, okay, if you eat three full meals a day, that's three times as much as you're supposed to eat. And so (laughs) I was able to just lose, you know, in that way. So I'd like to continue that journey. Now I'm going to have to put some gasoline on that fire, and I have scheduled and rescheduled a trial thing at the local yoga Pilates place five times. So we'll be trying to put that in the queue. They always do their things at odd times that don't really work with my schedule, but I'm trying. And so, you know, what is the next step in my health journey going to be? What is the next step in my financial journey going to be? You know, what made a lot of progress in paying down some debts and things like that. And we'll talk about where I am with my career right now. And so that kind of plays a factor, obviously, in your financial goals. But anyway, so I was talking with someone the other day. Oh, we were having a planning session last week for one of the companies that I'm working with about, you know, what are our big, hairy, audacious goals for 2024 and kind of put me on the spot. And I was like, well, this is not something that I can be put on the spot for. I have a very intense process for this and here's how it goes. And so I always look at financial Spiritual, relational, emotional, mental, vocational. I think that was all of them. Um, You know, what's the next step going to be in each one of those areas? And then let's look at that realistically and set forth a realistic goal and then start working on it between the first of the year and February 15th. And then by February 15th, I'm like, okay, well, you know, you've rescheduled this thing five times, obviously the times that they're offering don't work with you, maybe pick a different yoga Pilates place to try, you know, those types of things. So kind of just giving myself a lot of grace in those six weeks to start embracing those changes and making a little bit of progress and then launching with, okay, this is really what we're going to start doing. And I just kind of take that birthday and, you know, I celebrate my birthday for a little bit of time, kind of as like a rebirth every year, you know, like a yeah. rebirth. Who, who's EMK going to be in 2024 now? And so that's kind of how I do my planning for that. I feel like my relationships are changing right now because my career is changing. And so I'm sure we'll talk about that. And so I'm kind of trying to really be intentional about inventorying that and, again, embracing and getting on board with that instead of being like, oh, no, where are these people going? Like, oh, no, okay, that's okay. That was their season, and now here comes some new people because I'm pressing into a different lifestyle than I had before that those people are also walking that same path with. So that gives you a lot of fodder to continue to question me.
0: (laughs) Okay, so first, as you're talking, I'm sitting here thinking in my head, I feel like we are both like 29 years old, getting ready to be 30. Like when I look at you and when I think about me, I'm like, but we are not those ages. No. I am going to be 52 in 2024 and you are going to be? 48. 48. We're getting up there. I mean, we're not even halfway there, but I mean, we're getting up there. Yeah. You know, like we're getting older. I'm like, wow, like we're, we're pretty seasoned planners. The other thing is your birthday is right near Valentine's Day. Mm -hmm. And so really, anybody could do your plan, even if they don't have that birthday, because if you figure the first six weeks of the year, like kind of setting your intention, and then by the time you get to Valentine's Day, like, how are you going to love yourself this year? How is that, you know, that's a really good date. Like, I love the idea of giving yourself a runway. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that, you know, we set these Big things that we want to do on January 1st. And if we haven't like consistently done them by January 10th, then oh, well, throw out the baby with the bathwater. Like it's just like, well, guess we're going to have to wait till a whole nother year. Mm-hmm. And I love specifically, like with the yoga that you talked about, like you could set the intention. And then it's almost like you give yourself six weeks of auditioning. Mm -hmm. All right. We're going to audition this. We're going to try it. That's what Carol would always say when we were organizing someone's Mm -hmm. house. She would say, okay, we're going to audition that the couch is going to move over here. We're going to move your desk over here. This room is going to be called this. And if you don't like it, when we come back, we'll put it all back, but we're going to audition it for a while and see how it goes. That idea of, you know, practice organizing or proactive anticipation or, you know, any of those words were You are actionably doing things, but you're not holding yourself accountable to the results yet.
1: Right. There's
0: there's benefit between dreaming and finishing, but in between, it doesn't have to be like this straight line. Mm -hmm. So you could say, okay, you know what? It's a new year. I've got this energy. Here's these buckets Emily has, or I'm doing planning day with Organized 365. This is how I think it's going to go. Try a couple of things, keep iterating, changing, and then when you get to that uh, Valentine's Day, that's your thing. Like, okay, I'm going to have a little date with myself. What do I really want to put all of my time, energy, and effort into? What seems to be happening easily? What what Mm -hmm. things are happening easier than I thought they would? And what things, like, no matter how I try, it's like, this thing is not going to happen. Mm -hmm. For holy cow, by the time you got to 2020, by the middle of February, we kind of knew COVID was on its way. I mean, there are just some things that are going to happen
1: that are completely out of your control. Doesn't mean that you shouldn't plan or have New Year's resolutions. Right. And I think long, long time ago, I realized and learned, and it's been true ever since, anything that was ever forced never prospers, you know, so not forcing relationships or forcing new habits or forcing this certain yoga place, you know, like, okay, maybe that for whatever reason. And I've learned also like to trust my faith and my intuition that like, gosh, it seems like this should really be where it's at, but it's not. So there must be something I don't know that is making me this not go as smoothly and so what else could we try instead to try and still get to the same goal of using the Pilates example. And I think also I'd like to just say, you know, if you wait a whole nother year to try again, a lot happens in a year. Oh my goodness. And it is true, the older you get, the faster the toilet paper roll goes. Like it's like, <laughs> wow, we're at Christmas again. Wow. Oh my gosh, it's my birthday again. Oh wow, it's summer again. You know, oh, and it's gone, you know. So um, so a lot happens in a year. And I think that's why, like, the 100-day home organization program is good because you might try and start in January and you get one room done or you get half that room done or you get those drawers done and then something happens and then we get another chance to start again in May. Okay, something happened. We get another chance to start in September. So you're always fresh with that energy of when you're feeling like you want to make those changes. And so, you know, if you wanted to translate my little plan to that, say, okay, you know, maybe six weeks before the start of the 100-day home organization program, Set some goals and just start trying to put everything away when you're done cooking, you know, or do one more thing. You know, all those little things that you say, maybe try and work those habits six weeks in advance so that then you've got those habits in play when you go to start doing that major reconstruction on your home if it's your first time around.
0: I think that there is a cadence to planning that is not a stop start. And people think planning is an event, but it's actually a way of living. It is. And so the fact that like we're recording this in December, you and I are both actively, mentally starting to do our planning for the next year, but we haven't grabbed our planners yet and actually made the, the plan. And so the more that you actually plan, the more it just becomes part of who you are. Mm-hmm. And it's not an event, it's just a way of being. And then you realize there is a cadence to planning. There's the dreaming phase, there's the making it real phase, there's the completing phase that leads to the dreaming phase and it is 120 days, Like, I am so glad that my school schedule, I can't believe it, perfectly aligns with the Productive Home Solution. Like it just like, it takes breaks right when I'm doing the planning for the next 120 days. Like that that three, dividing your year into thirds is just such a natural way to divide your year versus quarters or a full year at one time, just, just doing that. The other thing that you mentioned that I thought maybe we could dive into, I don't know if we really have before, as you said, um, you just kind of follow your faith and intuition. I am an extremely intuitive person. <clears throat> I can either even like, if the financials are off in the company or something is off sales-wise or something that used to work isn't working, I will usually intuitively know before we can find the hard data. There's always hard data somewhere somebody can find. I can never find it. So I'll say, I don't think that this thing is working. And I'm able to do it not just in my own business, but just in the world. Like I'm able to see shifts that are coming in society almost as they're happening or right before they happen. And I'll be like, I don't really know why I think this. but I feel like this is this is happening. And then later data will support like, okay, yeah, that was a thing that was happening. I just didn't know why or how. You could call it faith. You could call it intuition. You can call it a lot of things. I have always been a very intuitive faith person, but I think it's not usually talked about. Sometimes when it's talked about, people actually market, like how to become an intuitive person or how to like, I don't know, I'm not going there. Sometimes it's tied too closely to a religion that you don't ascribe to. And so then you don't wanna hear about that. And so then you stop listening. Or sometimes it's not ascribed to a religion you believe in. So then you don't want to listen to it because that's against your religion. So it's definitely something I haven't talked about very much. Hmm. And I mean, you could tell we're walking into like quicksand right now. We could go under very quickly and not be able to get back out. But without diving into any of those things, I know how I would describe it. Do you have a way of describing how you just kind of know if something you're trying to force something or if something is just really going well based on your faith and your intuition?
1: Yeah, so first of all, I would say you're right. You do have a lot of that, and you're usually right. I mean, you say, oh, Emily, here's what's going to happen next. And I'm like, how do you know? And then there it goes, <laughs> happening next. Um, I don't think of it in any of those scary things that you just mentioned. I will say this is something that I have shifted in my life as I've matured, I think. It's just a, it's just maturity. So. <sighs> I'm a very driven individual. I wouldn't say as driven as you, but compared to the rest of the world, very driven. And so in the past, if I wanted something, I would force it whatever way I had to force it. I would push it up that hill or I would climb around or I would make sure if I wanted it, it was going to be darn it. How can I get this? You know, but I learned and I don't know, you know, I can't pinpoint one example where I say, oh, this is where it changed. But I guess I just learned, you know, probably in the process with Firestone, maybe, of letting go. You know, I wanted that Mm -hmm. and there was nothing I could do to change what had happened. It happened and still can't explain why. Still, you know, people say, oh, what? And I'm like, just wasn't meant to be corporate. I don't know. Politics, I really don't know, you know, and that learning to let go and trust God. So I guess that is a faith thing of like, okay, I don't know everything God does. Maybe there was going to be something even worse that would happen if I stayed like just that trusting. And it doesn't have, you know, for me, it's, you know, the Lord, and I love God. But I think, you know, some people say the universe, whatever you want to call it, just trusting that if it's meant to be, it will be. And if it's not, there's nothing you can do to force it to be. And so then once you learn that, it's like, okay, well, if you let it go and now you're still doing your best, you're still showing up on time, you're still, you know, dressed for success and you're prepared and you've done your homework and all those things that are your responsibility. And then let it go and trust. That's where I've learned to just kind of go with the flow a little bit more than I used to, I guess. And so just having that intuition of like, hmm, there's something I don't know about this. Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll never know, but it's not meant to be. So move on. So what is the right Pilates place or what is the right whatever it is, business opportunity, you name it. Does that answer your question?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I like how you said that when you finally stopped holding on so tight, I I would say that's probably the biggest thing about why I'm able to follow my gut, like just have a gut feel. I just think I generally have a gut feel about a lot of things, but I trust it more now. And I'm like, I don't even know why I'm doing this, but if I feel I'm supposed to be doing this, I should just be doing this. not because I know more than anybody else, but because I think I hold on less than everybody else. Mm. I'm not, I am very planned in that I know where I want to go, but I don't care how long it takes to get there. Mm. And I don't care how I get there. So like, for example, with the PhD, I knew that I enrolled in the courses in order to apply to become a PhD student you can't say candidate. You have to, like, actually have submitted your dissertation to say that. I've been saying that wrong. So if you've been, like, correcting me through the podcast, I now know. I wouldn't know. We know. I know you wouldn't. But people are listening. They're like, fine. Like, she knows she's not a candidate yet. I'm a student. <clears throat> anyway, I have figured out how I could do all of it in a total of seven terms, including the classes that I need to take in order to before. So I'd, like, be done in, like, four more terms. I could, I could conceivably do it. So I talked to my advisor and I was like I want to enroll in an extra class last term and like this is my plan and she's like well that's aggressive but fine (laughs) she's like fine and she's like nobody can have more than so many hours except Lisa's fine I was like okay so I got this dispensation from the pope because she goes you're a business owner you're in charge of your own time I assume you know what you can handle and what you can't so at the end of the term I said Dr. Riley (laughs) I decided (laughs) maybe I'll add a few more terms she's like oh you did did you I said, yeah. I mean, clearly I'm not the first entrepreneur she's worked with. I mean, academics are a certain type. Entrepreneurs are a certain type. And she probably was like, I I have done this for 35 years. I am not fighting you. You can do whatever you want. You will hang yourself. You will be up and you will come back to me like, I think. And she'll be like, fine. I think we'll make this a little longer. So the goal is to get a Ph.D., how that happens how many terms even though i had a plan and my advisor agrees and people who recommend it like everybody agrees when it did not happen that way i was like okay yeah but i'll break my family like i could do it i'll break my family and i wasn't breaking the company it was the family the company would like me to get it done faster but the family would like me to get it done slower so i'll be getting it done slower because intuitively that's what's going to work best for the en- the energy at home changed the energy in the family changed because they just didn't like me being that focused on it. And so I will change that. And it is it is an energy thing. Mm-hmm. It's an energy thing more than an outcome mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. It's just being able to, um, you know, like all year there was talk of recession and then a recession mm-hmm. never came. And I was like, yeah, I don't think we're having a recession in 2023. And then other times I'll be like, nobody's talking about this. But I really think that this is a problem. And then I'll talk to other businesses or whatever, and they're like, this is a huge problem. Like, I have not talked to a single business owner in all of 2023, did not have a bad, a worse 2023 than 2022, not a single one. But you don't hear about that anywhere.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I find that interesting. I'm like, this is information a business owner needs to know. Why is this not on like the hotline or whatever? Why are we covering this other thing over here? So I think it is a, it's really just an an, an inquisitive thought. And then following that thought to see if there's any more behind it and seeing the energy of that. And I think the only reason I could do that is because um, I'm not as high strung as I used to be. Mm-hmm. Like when you're mm-hmm. not trying yeah, I would subscribe to, to that. make a way, when you're not trying to make a way, you're just kind of in the flow. You can feel the energy of the flow much more.
1: Mm-hmm. So,
0: great example of this. And I mentioned this in an Instagram and I said I would unpack it on a podcast. And I don't know if I can unpack it on a podcast, but we got to October of 2023 and I started spinning like a top. I was anxious. I was awake at night. I was writing things down in the middle of the night. And I was like, okay, I have signed up for too many PhD classes. And I do think that might've been a little bit of it. And definitely the fact that businesses were not doing as well as they said they were doing publicly was another part of it. But I realized then after like trying all the normal things to get me back to like what I consider chill, the chill version of Lisa. Let's just put it that way. I was like, my aura ring was yelling at me. Your heart rate is too high at night. Like, you're what is going on with you? You are not. You are not fine. It's like I am not fine. Why am I not fine? You know what it is? COVID's over. So COVID was over in 2022 because it had been three years, but people had not entered back into the crazy mayhem of hmm. the fall. 2023 was when it was like. Katie barred the door. Let's full on black Friday, full on the, what, you know, like it had not been that way in 2022, the hustle came back. Mm. So the hustle came back and I was like, Ooh. Uh, and there are some things that you can't change.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh my gosh. Grayson is too. Do you know how many things I had to do in December for daycare? There was like a list of 17 things, Santa Claus, breakfast with Santa Claus. Then there was a book fair. Then there were photos. Then there were like seven different days. You had to wear different things for Santa Claus thing. Then there were the gifts for the teachers. Then there was a drive for the coats and there was canned food drive. I was like, holy cow. And you not realize the kids are here because we're at work.
1: Wow. Geez. <laughs> kids are
0: here because we are at work.
1: <laughs> wow. Yeah,
0: he's too crazy. Yeah. And I was like, Whoa, I forgot about school. We like get forgot mm. about all those things. You know what I mean. Mm. So that mm-hmm. that hustle is back. I think, but I think that the more that you realize, you're really not that powerful, and you're really not in control of anything. Like I'm really not in control of anything except for my thoughts, my attitudes, and my effort. Other than mm-hmm. that, I'm really not in control.
1: Well, much credit to your. What is the person you were referencing related to your PhD? The doctor, my advisor. Yeah. God yeah. bless your advisor because she is intuitive enough to know, do not tell Lisa no. She'll figure it out on her own, but don't you dare tell her no or she will. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And also, also I says, will say, go ahead. She also says, darn you, Lisa, I'm thinking about housework in the middle of the night. <laughs> I will also say, you know, you said you don't really care how it happens or when it happens, but I know when I worked for you and you would say, okay, here's what we're going to do in 2021, boom, by the end of 2021, all of that had happened and more, you know, so I think that intentionality is key and that goes back to like the planning. So like I was thinking yesterday when I was in the shower, later in the afternoon, I, first of all, big Browns win, yay. Um <laughs> Mondays I just have a can. hard time like Tuesday I am the most productive of all the week Monday I'm just like and it was dreary and down and uh, and I was just like eh, I don't feel like anything and I thought but you know what you didn't make your list last night if you had made your list on Sunday night you still would have accomplished a lot more than you did because you didn't make your list so last night I was like make your list you're on the podcast tomorrow don't forget and don't forget to tell them make, make your list and if you want to know what I want for Christmas, I want these notepads, the big ones where I make my list, um, because that makes a you know the intentionality of every day, just writing down, okay, here's what I need to accomplish today, even down to pay this one bill and call this one person and email that person, and then you can check it out. Yeah, I don't
0: make a lot of lists, like I'm not a big list maker anymore, because... I used to make terrible lists. They were just lists of things I hadn't done yet. And then you wake up in the morning, you have to decide what you want to do on those lists. So now I do make lists for the day, especially if I, have a, if I don't have a lot of meetings, so I have a lot of time to work and I'm not working on big things like recording podcasts or writing papers. I'll make a really long list of all these little things I'm going to get done. But the difference in that list and the lists I used to make was the list I used to make was everything I could possibly do or might happen the next day now the lists i make are i've looked at my calendar i know how much time is available i know what things need to be done they just need to get done whether they need to get done before friday or they need to get done because they've just been in this workbox too long and so today's the day i'm just gonna dial for dollars or whatever then i make a big long list and i didn't want to do the list like the next day i'm like oh i don't want to do that list but then i say to myself yeah but you're not going to want to do it later either so get started and i usually the night before i'll really think about it and i'll be like okay put it in order like this, then this, then this, put all the calls together so that when you start on one call, you go to the next call and it's like, all right, you overcharged me on this. All right, I gotta need to register the dog for daycare. Okay. I need to get Grace in a doctor's appointment. I need to like, just go through all the calls, then write all the checks, then, you know, update all the calendars and then, you know, all the things you need to do. And once you get started, it's just getting started. Once you get right. started, it's just do the, next, do the next, do the next, and then I just challenge myself. How fast can I get this stuff done? Like, When can I get this list done?
1: Yeah. No, that's the list I'm talking about. I take it from my Google Mm -hmm. Calendar and actually write it down. And it's amazing if I don't do that, how easy it is to just move it to the next day, the next week, the next day, the next week. But if I write it down and I'm going through and checking things off, for whatever reason, there's a magic that happens where more of it gets done than if I just leave it on my Google Calendar.
0: So I've read some research about this.
1: Okay. I read quite a bit of research.
0: Yes, put your surprise face on. I've not shared much about the research yet, but I have read quite a few studies about writing things down by hand. And each study has a different piece, but all of the studies that I've read so far show and support that writing things down by hand both causes greater recall and encodes the information deeper in your brain based on MRI scans than writing with a stylist on a pen, Hmm. or putting it in your phone, or typing it on a keyboard. There's something about writing with a a pen or a pencil.
1: Mm -hmm. It makes sense.
0: So that will be coming out uh, in a study I want to do as well. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, so exciting, so (laughs) exciting. Such delayed gratification with this one, but that's okay. All (laughs) right, so basically we're saying we're planners. (laughs) Having our end of the episode, so we like to plan. So, Emily, catch us up. What's going on? What are you planning?
1: What are you doing? Well, um, that's going to be a long answer to a short question, I guess. So we left off, and I was working for Quality IP. Mm-hmm. The letter, you know, when I do decide to what I'm going to commit to, I write myself a little letter, and I put it on my bathroom mirror, and it's for the whole year, and it still says I'm going to be the number one salesperson for Quality IP, and I'm going to knock their socks off and all the other things. Uh, which I did do. So I sold $600,000 in nine months in IT, wow. which if you have ever been in IT sales or professional services in general, that's pretty much wow. a miracle. But as true to form, it just wasn't a good fit. I think for a couple reasons. One, I think there was a uh difference in the philosophy of business where these mostly men wanted to hit and run and hit and run and hit and run on their sales. And I am a relationship salesperson. And so if I sold you a laptop, I'm going to call you in a week and say, is everything going okay? What else can we do for you? You know? And, um, so there was just a little bit of a disconnect there and, When I did Sandler training, they had a thing. I lost another job for this reason. They had like a chart of, you have to call a thousand people to get so many appointments, to get so many estimates, to get so many sales. And that guy was really beholden on that process. And they were too. And I just thought, okay, well, but I'm selling, you know? And so I kind of saw it coming because I'm getting more intuitive about that too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, God was really faithful to me during that time because I thought, crap, Now, what? I mean, I can't just keep losing my job. Jeez, this is embarrassing. You know? And so, what is wrong with me? You know? And I think it just took it to be that many times before I was able to put my faith in god and say i really am an entrepreneur. i mean, you've said it a million times, you look at I our family tree, it's everybody is a salesperson or an entrepreneur. Yeah. um we don't really work for other people, other people work for yeah. us. so, you know, and had i not had that experience the summer before with firestone and wrestled with my faith and learning to be able to say i trust you god, i trust you god, i trust you god day by day, um like the manna in the desert, I wouldn't have been able to make the transition this time, but since that happened, I had that other guy in the meantime that was a millennial that didn't wanna pay for a website. I was like, okay, gotta go. And then this case, and I thought, okay, I mean, you can keep banging your head up against the wall and it'd be secure for six months with a secure paying job 40 hours a week, or you could embrace your unique gifting and ability and have the faith that you can do it. You know, I think that was really, you know, I had my little consultancy in 2011 to 2014, but I had a big nest egg to cover me. And so, you know, as a single person with a mortgage, it's scary to say, okay, hopefully they're going to pay me. Hopefully they're going to pay me. But this time around, a week before I lost my job at Quality IP, a man who I had met at the Kaiga Falls Chamber ambassador thing, I had been selected to be an ambassador, and I met him. And he called me on a Monday morning at like 930 and said, hey, I met you at that thing. Um, I was just wondering if you knew anybody who would want to do my networking and my sales routes. And I said, well, Bill, if you can keep my confidence, I would. (laughs) And so we met like a couple of days later and he had a certain amount he wanted to pay and a certain number of routes and things like that. And so I I said, okay, let me think on that. I brought it home and I thought I can't do it for what he wants me to do it for, because I won't be able to survive. And he doesn't really know what he's getting. He just wants someone to knock on doors and give him the card and, and everything like that. And so I went back to him and I said, here's what I can do it for. Here's what you are getting. And if we build it, they will come and you will increase your sales in the next year. And I will help you with a strategic marketing plan and some other pieces of this and help you interface with your uh, marketing agency that you're working with and things like that to save you some money there. But here's what i like to do it for you for. And he said, great. And I got in the car. I'm like, hot. ha. He bought it. (laughs) And so that was my first, it was like the day after I lost my job. I signed on with him and, you know, had that plan going. And then I had met someone at a networking event like a month or six weeks before I departed from Quality IP. Who worked for a girl, works for a girl who I knew when she started her business when I was doing Rainmaker back in 2011 through an organization called Working Women Connection, which I was the director of business development for. We had, I think, 11 chapters all over Northeast Ohio. And I was a president of our chapter in Fairlawn, and then I was in charge of growing all the chapters. So that's how I met and knew her because she's in Olmsted Township, which is 40 minutes away. And I remember she had started a virtual assisting business. And she was just doing virtual assisting. And we became, we were Facebook friends at that time and have remained. And so I've seen her journey. And then this girl is talking about how they're doing websites and marketing strategy and all these other things. So I called her and I said, hey, remember me? And she said, of course, <laughs> she said, you're a legend. I was like, wow, a legend, that's really nice. I said, I see you've really grown a lot. And I met Jackie and just wondered if you might need some help, you know, with a strategy piece. And she's like, oh, that'd be great. Well, she put me through the paces and I had an interview with her COO. And so it took a little while to do that too. Uh, but i'm loving helping her do mostly strategy and storytelling which is really my sweet spot in the marketing space mm-hmm. and then bringing in my network of referral partners that are experts in certain things that our customers need but she didn't necessarily have so a crm software was a gentleman i had interviewed with and It just wasn't going to be a good fit. I couldn't do it full-time for him. He didn't want full-time, but the part-time he wanted was too much to do for Bill and her. So, Oh, but he really has a good product, and so I said, why don't we talk about that? And then I also applied for a part-time job on LinkedIn for an advertising agency at the same time. And that guy called me. Turns out we had a mutual connection in common that also I had with Jen that also is on my list of references. So I was like, oh, OK, maybe this is God. Um, and so talked with him and he said, you know, I had a lot of people who applied for the job who are like recent college grads and they could do the account management or whatever. He's like, but I really need someone with your level of success in closing deals. And I said, OK, great. So I'm helping him. Target for Google Business Profiles, Google Local Search Ads, which has replaced Google AdWords Mm -hmm. for plumbers and handymen and painters and things like that. And then also he has a proprietary software uh, platform as well. And so I'm working with him. And so it's been great that I have had the great fortune to be able to line these things up, you know, in pretty short order to be able to be using my unique gifting in a variety of ways. So I still get to network and Bill's paying me to do it. I get to knock on doors and see people and be out and about. And that's something I need, but I also get to work from home and just give my advice, you know, be in meetings and be paid to say, okay, well, I see this, this, and this, that, You need to do this, this, and that. And So for the marketing agency, they said let first project we want to do is our website. So we've been working on our website for a year. It was supposed to launch last Thanksgiving. Can you help us? And I was like, sure. And of course, you want to try something inside to see how I am and if I show up on time and all that kind of stuff. Well, we got that done in six weeks and they were just thrilled and thrilled and thrilled and um and then i just did a strategic marketing plan for a local painting company that was i used to do my strategic marketing plans in about 10 hours and it was about 10 pages and the template they gave me was 67 pages long and i was like oh my i don't think i have enough information for this and it turns out they had given me a template of something else that was like a 50 hour project well I got 36, you know, I took out some things that didn't apply, but 36 pages and about 10 hours, really proud. They were really pleased. And I think they're going to hire us for some of the things that we recommended. And I know if they do what I recommended, they will be able to grow, which you know is my passionate thing. So yeah, I'm still looking to fill in a little bit of, you know, some gaps with my time, you know, to give myself enough time and enough income, but really excited about what I am doing. And then, you know, if you, like you said, if you're not beholden to how it happens, also, at the same time, one of my best friends from childhood called me up, not knowing I had just lost my job, and said, hey, my sister's getting married. Can you, Would you be her personal assistant for the day I'd like to give her that as a gift? I said, sure, no problem. So, so he said, how much? I said, I don't know, $25 an hour, because I know her, too. I grew up with her, too. He said, good. That sounds great. So I showed up at, like, 9 o'clock. I had put together a bride basket that had everything from tweezers and nail file to a little shot of vodka and crackers and everything she could need for the day as my little gift ended up being like a hundred dollars so i showed up with that and i picked up what she wanted from starbucks and an espresso for me and i had she had sent me like the wedding dress and the songs and the guests and things like that but no like the cake person, right. agenda, <laughs> you no know good information or the DJ or anything. So I walk in there and the right away she said, Oh, everyone, everyone, this is Emily. She knows everything. If you have a question, just ask her. And I thought, shit, I don't I know, know anything. What do you mean? What do you mean? I don't know anything. Emily drinks thought, oh, maybe, the vodka and moves on. <laughs> maybe she's going to tell me in a minute what those things are, you know? Yeah. So no. the whole day was one big guessing game. I mean, it was yeah. I was grateful for the opportunity. Let's go together I've never and find that i worked so hard in my person. whole life. I do not want to be an assistant to the bride, although she was very easy and loving. But, like, you know, the DJ shows up. There's no microphone. There's no speaker. There's no not, There's no list of songs. No nothing. Photographer shows up. She left the list of pictures on her table at home. I'm like, I am really great at what I do, but I don't have a magic wand. <laughs> and so, anyway, we got it done. But that was a nice little bit of money to be made for a Saturday I have a neighbor who two neighbors moved away. They used to take the dog to the groomer, and he said, I'll pay you to take her down and leave her and pick her up when it's ready, and I'll give you a hundred bucks. It's $68 to have her groomed. You get 32 bucks for taking her and picking her up. I said, sounds great. I had another neighbor. Last year, I was doing the EMK incorporated, so this must be leftover from that. I don't know how she got my phone number. Like I've talked to her at the pool, but I don't know her. And she said, "Hey, I'm going out of town, and I need someone to come and get bring my packages in. I know that's not what you were advertising, but would you do that?" And I thought, "I'm not advertising anything now." Yeah, but sure, I, you know. So I went over, and <laughs> and I thought, "How do you price this?" I mean, she's across the street. This is going to take me less than ten minutes a day. Well, it, it was eight days, and I was going to go four times. She sells Medicaid and Medicare, so they send her these flyers every boxes every day, and she didn't want them piling up. And also to open a can for her cat that will never come out, and just open the can. She said, "That's fine if you come four times, I'll give you a hundred dollars." I was like, "Okay, sounds great." <laughs> Don't say anything, just walk away. Um, and so you know, those are all little god winks that he's saying, It's okay, I've got you, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. Just trust and and have faith and believe and show up. You know, show up when you do have things scheduled and you do have opportunities because you never know when you're in business for yourself. So, like today, I was booked till 4:30. My call at 4:30 was canceled. Because it's the end of the year, and we can't get a hold of people to schedule, and now I have no LinkedIn. (laughs) My LinkedIn was hacked. Um, And there was another thing this week that I was counting on that ended up getting canceled for some reason, too. And so that's one thing I would say. When you have the opportunity, don't say, oh, well, I'm going to make X amount of money later this week. Take it today. Take it today. Take it today. Because you just never know what's going to happen the next day. So the next two weeks will be slow, and that sucks. But who knows? I mean, I put a little ad in our condo complex newsletter that if you need help entertaining or decorating or wrapping your gifts or addressing your Christmas cards, call or text me. And those disorganized people are not going to call me December 2nd. They're going to call me December 23rd. So yeah, yeah, so that's, so I'm kind of blending. It's been a little bit tricky even for a marketing person to say, okay, how am I going to market this? Because I'm basically doing Rainmaker, which was my marketing consulting, for businesses i'm basically doing emk incorporated for my neighbors and personal contacts with whatever they need me to do so i put a little flyer you know i can do this for your business i can do this for you i've made 100 scrapbooks if you want me to make a scrapbook for your child for graduation now's the time also people go in and save their pictures after their pets so might as well have them in an album i can even make it for the walgreens print if you want one thing I forgot to put on there that I'm going to add is tutoring, you know, because I have a early childhood education degree. Right. And so COVID has impacted a lot of children and their learning. And I am certainly equipped to help at least up through like fifth grade. I don't know what they're doing with math, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> and so it's basically at this point saying, okay, I've run this little business. I've run this little business. I've run this little business. I did a dinner party for Gretchen Spangler when she moved to North Carolina in fifth grade, you know, like when I lost my job at Firestone, I took out that big board and I wrote down when I've worked for companies, when I've worked for myself, volunteering, all those things. Remember when I said, I worked for you the most because it was creative memories and then organized 365. And I feel like this year, finally, it's all just kind of blending together and I'm kind of figuring out how to promote that all together because it's so many different audiences and so many different services. So I've just given some flyers to my friends and see what happens next because I have those basic clients that are really, you know, the bread and butter piece. So it's exciting and scary all at once, but I don't ever see myself, knock on wood, I don't ever see myself going back to working for someone else. It's just different. What, you know, you know, you've worked for someone else and now you've worked for yourself and you never went back to then working for someone else, but I did feel like this time at Quality IP, when I went back to work for someone else, it was like, like we talked about earlier forcing it, you know, and I just felt like yeah. from the, from the first day, it didn't fit. You know, they had me in the corner facing the wall, making cold calls while people are talking behind me yeah. about their right. lunch order. I'm like, right, it doesn't fit. This isn't me. And then they wanted to send... They had this company called NerdWise where they will send blast emails to email addresses they find on some website saying, hi, do you want this? Does two o'clock on Tuesday work for you? And they're sending it to 100 people. Well, what if two people say yes? And also, what if I just sat next to that person at the chamber lunch and I actually gave them my business card and sent them a personal email? They They did not understand how that was so counterproductive. To my, what I bring to the table, and so it just it did not fit. I was just, but I was going to force it, and I was going to make it happen, and I was going to do it, and I was going to be the best, and everything else. And you know, I think I was the best they've ever seen, but that's not what they wanted. And so I get to decide every day what I want. So there's my long okay, answer. Okay, I got to a couple questions. questions. <laughs> okay,
0: yeah. So first, you know, you did this 2000. You said 2010 to 2000 and. 14. Mm -hmm. So that would have been when I went back to school teaching and then started Organize 365, like this is after our father passed. So Mm -hmm. we got some money from the sale of the house and we both, I put it into the kid's school and then you put it into doing this.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: And then of course that money ran out. Cause I mean, there was some money, but it wasn't like forever money. Not a lot. So at that time you would have been, how old, like
1: 35
0: to 38, five to 38 39 was when you did that and then Mm
1: -hmm. yeah so you and i would have still been and and it wasn't necessarily that the money sorry to interrupt you it wasn't necessarily that the money ran out the issue with that was that i had scanned i don't think i've told your audience the story you know before i named my business It's important that you research the name to make sure that there's no one competing with you, and at least not especially in your geographic area, which I had done. I wanted to name it Rainmaker because of daddy, and the closest Rainmaker was in Pennsylvania. It was a franchise, and I thought, what are the chances they're going to come over here? No problem. Went for it. Well, three years later, two older men, financial planners, asked me to meet them at McDonald's for coffee at like 8 a.m., which I hate mornings, but I take every meeting, you never know where it's gonna go, sat me down and tried to explain to me what a Rainmaker was, which insulted me from the start. I thought, where are we going here? And then basically said, so we bought this franchise, there you have it. And I said, and I thought, well, maybe they're gonna ask me to buy in with them. Maybe they're, you know, I'm the one, I'm the Rainmaker in town. Where is this going and so they basically just wanted to like let me know i don't know if they were trying to threaten me i still don't understand that what happened but i said well that's all fine and good i said but if you bring an organization called rainmakers into the same chambers i'm promoting rainmaker and you're selling a marketing networking thing and i'm selling marketing strategy are customers are going to get confused and they're not going to buy from either one of us. And they said, oh, that'll never happen. And that's exactly what happened.
0: Clearly, they don't understand marketing very well. exactly
1: my point. (laughs) exactly (laughs) what I was trying to say. (laughs) Hello. Okay, so so. that
0: happened. But also you're about to turn 40. And when you're turning 40, like different things happen. So, you know, you're a decade older plus now than Mm -hmm. you were then. Mm -hmm. You have a lot more lived experience, a Mm -hmm. lot more business experience. Mm -hmm. I think that many people, whether they are entrepreneurs or not, are more entrepreneurial than they have been in the past.
1: Based on what, COVID?
0: Based on COVID and also the secondary thing is, we're definitely seeing a shift in the marketplace just in general. So, you know, Greg, has had the same job since the day after he graduated college. God bless Craig him. Greg is a unicorn. Uh, so there are some people in Gen X that are that way, but there are almost no people that are millennials that are that way. I mean, the idea that you would go and find a job and do it for the rest of your life is just not really a thing mm-hmm. anymore. Right. Some people will do it. There'll always be people that will do it, but when we were kids, like that was the thing. You get graduated, you're a teacher, you're a you stay at home mom, you're whatever you are, you are like until you die. Um, So that expectation has changed in society, both on the employee and the employer side. You know, it hurts employers, too, that people are Mm -hmm. constantly changing jobs. And I think it's more of a bigger shift that is happening. Mm -hmm. So I've talked about this before, but Ray Kurzweil is the one that has the theory of singularity which is at some time like everything to be known will be known all at once. And I never could understand that or like the power of um, automation and intelligence doubling and then doubling and doubling and doubling and that that will get faster and faster and faster. My mind Mm, could not comprehend it. I still can't quite comprehend it. But I mean, I was listening to this in 2007, 2008. That's when I was learning about singularity like long before anybody thought Anything about AI or or anything that we're seeing now, and I think that the pace of change, COVID sped that up. Mm. It really sped it up because I mean we were using Zoom before COVID, but a lot mm-hmm. of people weren't. Mm-hmm. So now everybody knows how to do Zoom. Everybody knows how to order groceries online. Everybody like there were a lot of technologies mm-hmm. that were in place before COVID that some people had were early adopters of at that point, and now and now it's just common. Mm -hmm. And had there not been COVID, there still would be people who had never placed grocery orders online. My Mm -hmm. husband, for example. And people like me who never go in stores. Mm -hmm. I had stopped going in stores before COVID. But now, I mean, have you gone in a store recently? Mm -hmm. It is not the same experience.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Doesn't matter if you're going to go to the clothing store. The clothes aren't there either. They're all online. Like, you just have to order them right? And so those changes those changes that were coming anyway, got sped up. And they happened in every sector simultaneously. So some sectors had already moved more towards automation or had more doubled and others were lagging behind. And then everything got sped up all at the same time instead of just a little bit at Mm. a time. I think that what we don't understand yet, and I don't even know how to articulate it. I just feel it, but I don't know how to explain it is that business has changed. Yes, it
1: definitely has. That's for sure. Completely changed. I agree, yes.
0: So prior to COVID, people who were online selling as quote-unquote entrepreneurs were really just basically introverted marketers who had figured out how to make money while they sleep. They weren't necessarily what what would have been an old-fashioned entrepreneur, maybe. Um, An entrepreneur creates something that is not in the marketplace and usually grows into a business where they employ people. That's not exactly what happened in the entrepreneurial trend online. Online, people figured out that they could sell something instead of one-to-one, one-to-many through an email funnel, and then they could optimize that email funnel and run ads to it and get more eyeballs on it and scale it without really talking to people. It's Mm -hmm. basically what they did. Like, How can we take something that's gonna work, and then how do we optimize it so much on the back end that there are many marketers that would say, if a Facebook ad converts and you invest 50 cents and then they buy something that's a dollar, so let's say your thing is a hundred dollars, takes you $50 in Facebook ads to get somebody to make a hundred dollar sale. Many, many marketers would say, put all of your money in Facebook ads because it's like a slot machine. And for every you know, half a million dollars that you put in in Facebook ads, your company will make a million dollars in revenue. And if you're selling something that is digital only, it's pretty much all profit. And that never sat well with me. As you know, as my marketing person, I was always very reticent to do that. Mm-hmm. Number one, it is like a slot machine. You have no idea how the heck this is going. And secondly, these are people. <laughs> right. Not That's my thing. These machines. are people. Right. These are people. Right. People's giving you money. And so I have never, I mean, we have run Facebook ads before, but I've never done that. And I didn't do Facebook ads very long because it just did not resonate with me. And I would rather have a smaller company that grew much slower than that. And now that has, that is breaking as hugely has broken. The other thing was this coaching one to many model, which was the coach becomes bigger and bigger and bigger. You may not know this, you guys, there are people charging $200,000 a year for their coaching programs. Many they're charging a hundred thousand, 50 to 60,000. Oh yeah. All the time. I'm like, People give us grief. The Productive Home Solution is $1,500. And it's like, I don't know, like five years worth of curriculum in there. Coaches just having access to them is costing a house. You can go buy a condo. That's crazy. I don't access understand to that. One I would never pay yeah, somebody that That's much. all breaking now too. So um, so that part of the internet has, has come and it has gone. And so what you said, I just want to affirm what you said. These... Marketing tactics, those are two examples online. But then there are these other marketing tactics who are like, okay, if you call these 1,000 people and then you do this with these 100 and then you get to these 10, these are all marketing, not tricks, but like, yeah, if you call 1,000 people in the phone book, somebody's going to talk to you. Mm-hmm. Like, they're just like playing a numbers game. Mm-hmm. You and I have never played numbers games with anything in our lives. Mm-hmm. So I love Perry Marshall's book, The 80-20 of Sales and Marketing. He doesn't play the numbers game. He calls it ratcheting the shotgun. He goes, you go into a bar in Texas, and you have a shotgun under, under the table, and you cock it, and all of a sudden you look, and a couple of guys and look up, and he goes, those are our people. hmm those are the ones that mm-hmm. we can sell ammunition to, or if there was a fight, those are the ones you need. Because they um, they heard that, and they know you just ratcheted a shotgun, and they know mm-hmm. what a shotgun is. Everyone else in the bar, totally clueless, because hey, that's what you should do. And he was one of the founders of of Google Ads. And he says, that's what your ads should do. They should bring awareness to, oh, that's a person that maybe I'd like to go find out more from them, find their mm-hmm. lead magnet, whatever. Like Let's get people who are interested in what we have, and then let's have conversations with them. Mm-hmm. Now let's try to spray and pay, pay everybody that has a pulse mm-hmm. and see who will make an impulse purchase. I said, Oh, so the way you do marketing, the way I do marketing is relationship building. Right. I have done nine years of podcast episodes. This is not a spray and pay approach. Right. <laughs> this is blood, sweat, and tears. I mean, right. all new content. Right. So uh you're listening to this podcast still. You like Emily and I. If we have something that's of interest to you and you're looking for marketing, you're checking out Emily's website because, you know, Emily, like, Mm -hmm. you know, her, you know, me, we have a relationship and now we're going to do business. This is the way business was always done before the internet.
1: Yeah, we have a thing we say in Akron, which is a big city in a small town, and I'm sure they say it everywhere. People do business with people they know, like, yep. and trust. Right. And my yeah. tagline for Rainmaker was hope is not a strategy and everyone is not your target market. And I think I would like to say, too, as far as some of the things you shared, you know, thank God we did Facebook ads starting a month before COVID hit because that worked out really great at that particular time. Google changes their algorithm and their search over 365 times a year. So if you're not on the pulse of where it's going... Every day you're going to be doing Facebook ads now when now it's Google business profile that's taken over Google AdWords. So that's where a marketing strategist comes in to know, okay, this is what we were doing last year. This is what has happened now. This is where it's going now. This is where you need to put your money now because it's ever changing and ever evolving. And that's where the strategist and the expert come in to give you that advice because – you know, marketing is one thing small business owners are typically not very good at because they're good at making shoes or teaching people how to get organized or whatever it is, but they're not marketers. And that's why you need someone to help you. And the other thing I think that's kind of transformed the landscape in the past couple of years is Amazon, you know, and I worked for that guy with a catnip on fulfilled by Amazon. This guy had never had a job in his life and just Works like a couple hours a week making a mint selling catnip on yeah. Amazon, just shipping the containers in the jars, and they did all the work. So definitely that ship entrepreneurship has also. By the way, that is no longer the cash cow it once was. Well, I'm just saying, you know, mm-hmm. so much has changed in the landscape yeah. of entrepreneurship that people like you and I who are selling on relationship with unique skills, abilities, and knowledge right. isn't necessarily where you make the millions, you know what I mean? Right. But it is where you make an impact and a difference. And I'll and say... stay you know, in business. So, You'll be in business for a decade if you right. sell it this way. Yeah. And when Rainmaker folded, then I went to ITT Technical Institute, and mm-hmm. I was just kind of desperate for a job, and one of my girlfriends worked there. And I would go into the high schools and give presentations to these kids. So this was like 2015, I want to say, 2015, 2016, before they went bankrupt. And... Um, I would give a presentation about what you said, how fast technology has, you know, it, how long it took from the first telephone to the first TV to the first computer, and now how quickly people adapt new apps and just how quickly it would go. I would do this presentation. And there weren't any self-driving cars at the time. And so the first year I gave the presentation, I would ask in the classrooms, how many of you think there will be a self-driving car? And there would be like one person who would raise their hand. The next year when I gave that presentation, how many people do you think – how many of you think there will be a self-driving car? Everybody but one person raised their hand. Wow. So it wow. is amazing just – and now we do have them, you know. So mm-hmm. it is amazing how fast technology – um you know, changes and grows. And when I had Rainmaker, there was no such thing as a fractional chief marketing officer. Like you said, I kind of right. invented that, you know, and now it is. And thank God I'm able to serve Jen as one because I did it way back then, but it was something new. I saw that need in the marketplace for people spending a fortune with an agency or trying to get their office manager to do it themselves, to match the X colors and, yep. The T-shirt red was different than the red on the billboard yeah. and all those types of things. And so that was a need in the marketplace at that time that has um, you know, been birthed, but still a really valuable contribution to be able to make. And my passion is mm-hmm. for the small to medium-sized business owner, you know, like you or smaller, who needs help with that so that they can keep things going. And just real quick, back to your point about last year and the economy and all of that. I remember when we went to our cousin's thing in June. Yeah. And... In June, I want to say, no, maybe it was in February. Maybe it was the time we went in March. Whenever it was, I mean, I was doing the same thing I was always doing. I was making the same calls, same pitch, same everything I ever did. And it was like dead. No one was answering. No one was calling. Nothing was happening for like six weeks. And this was, it must have been back in March because it was way earlier in the year because I was able to bounce back after that. And I remember talking to you and Gracie and Greg and everybody about what's happening with you and your sales and your business. And I brought them because they were like, what's going on? Why aren't we selling anything? And I said, I really don't know. And it seems like nobody is. And they're like, no, nope, that can't be it. Do something different. Make it work. Fix it somehow. And I was just like, no, this it's not me. It's just there's just this dead zone. Mm-hmm. And so I've had that conversation since with some other folks that agree. I mean, there's just like this black hole in the beginning of 2023 that mm. it makes sense what you said about everybody's sales being down this year as compared to others. And I never could figure out what it was. Yeah, we didn't feel it
0: until the fall. But when I started asking people about it, they had been feeling it since February.
1: And I will say I was the sixth one to lose my job, you know, and all of them mm. at Quality IP. I mean, and all of them were in high places. And like you said, you know, people change jobs. I remember when I started there, It was a Christmas party, and I was talking to one of the techs. He was the lead security guy, and he said, I said, where did you come from or whatever? And he's like, oh, yeah. He said, oh, when you're in technology, you have to switch your job every 12 months or you'll never make enough money. And I was like, what do you mean? First of all, you're making a killing. But if you stay, they don't raise your salary as much as if you leave and go somewhere else and negotiate, and then you just climb Mm -hmm. that ladder like that. And I think that's not necessarily just in technology, but I think that's in our In the career world these days, which, like you said, people don't stay at the same job, but it sucks to have to keep starting a new job every year. Right. You know what I mean? Especially when you have to wait three months to get health insurance or wait three months to get 401k. Starting over, starting over is exhausting. So I'm done with that.
0: I think that there's more here than I can see. Like, they say that living through the Industrial Revolution was the hardest thing to live through, and yet there's not any books about it out no of what it was like to live through it. And when you look at like, you know, the minimum wage has not been raised in most places, but effectively it's now $15 everywhere because $15, which is what has been shared in the media as what it should be, the minimum wage. And so smart companies have just raised their minimum wage, which mm-hmm. then is raising everything everywhere. Mm-hmm. And the other thing is, I think because we have such an instantaneous society and we have so much knowledge and we have so much control over so many things, I think that we as a society forget how long it takes to actually have change happen. So the fact that you couldn't get toilet paper at the beginning of COVID and that got resolved after you know a matter of months or whatever, There was never a lack of toilet paper. There was just a lack of toilet paper in at-home roll sizes. It was in the sizes for like the dispensers at the airport and the, you know, everywhere else. It was just Mm -hmm. not in the right packaging. Same thing happened with beer. It was in kegs. They almost ran out of aluminum for beers to be drunk at home because it was in kegs and they just didn't have the bottling capacity for that. Mm -hmm. So as that got undone, It just created this huge ripple effect because then you had the, as everybody knows, all the ships sitting outside of the port of Mm -hmm. Long Beach, and it went from $2,000 a container to $20,000 to ship a container. That lasted for like 18 months, and then that led to the fact that there weren't enough rail workers, and then that led to the next thing. And so all of these ripple effects are still being felt Mm -hmm. from the cash that came into you know, everybody's pocketbook through all of the different uh, programs that the government made. And thank you very much for all those programs. But it created a lot of money that then created a lot of wage inflation that then created prices of things go up. Like, you can't have one thing go up and not everything's going to end up going up. It's just what's going to go up first. So the Mm -hmm. thing that went up first was money to business owners and then wages and then it was products. And then, you know, So it'll all even back out again. It takes three to five years, though. So we're four to five years into that.
1: Yeah, and nobody wants to work now. I mean, I saw one of my colleagues at an event two weeks ago, and, you know, here's my card for this, here's my card for this, here's my card for this, I said. And he said, "Wow, well, that was quick. You know, you really didn't waste any time getting moving. And I said, I don't have that luxury, Tim. I can't just sit around and collect yeah. unemployment. It's not enough, you know. But that's my case, and I'm an industrious person. But a lot of people, I know one of the other people that lost their job at quality IP, because when I saw it coming... I reached out and I said, if you felt like maybe you could, could you call me? And I said, did, did you leave or did they leave you? And she said, it was one day I was just packing up and go for no reason. I was like, I knew it. I knew it. And I said, what are you going to do? She said, oh, I'm collecting my unemployment and I'm going on vacation. I said, oh, God, okay. Well, yeah, okay, that'll Your attitude so is good, but... There's a lot of people who are just not motivated. There's plenty of jobs. They're just not motivated to get one or stitch a couple together to make it work.
0: Yeah. And I think the jobs in general are just really changing. You know, the jobs Mm -hmm. in general are just really changing. A lot of the business owners that own these small businesses are in their 70s and their 80s.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: You know? Yeah. And And their children don't want to take it over. So they either have to sell or they're going to, you you know, and who's going to buy it? And it's just recently that I've started seeing, you know, more and more people pass away, like Charlie Munger, who was Warren Buffett's partner, passed away. I think he was 93, and I saw another one. And I have never seen an obituary in our business courier that comes out, and there were two this Mm -hmm. week, and I was like, okay. Mm -hmm. And these are not baby boomers, so the silent generation, they're in their 80s and 90s, but they own the stuff around here. Like, they've been the employers around here. And Mm -hmm. so there's going to be some shift of, like, who owns companies? What companies are still going to exist? A lot of companies have stayed in business as long as they can since COVID. And they're like, if I just have to keep reinventing marketing, I'm exhausted. Like, I'm done. <laughs> I think we're still in for a lot of changeover.
1: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I agree.
0: So I would think the the point of that is organized 365 is going nowhere. I should maybe say that. Remember, mm-hmm. I am... What am I now? 12 years into a 40 year career. So 28 more years with me, people. Greg's like, you're working
1: till 80? I was like, yeah. Oh, you'll work I till wouldn't the day not. you die in some capacity. Otherwise you lose your mind. Of course, we all know I'll still be working. Right. But
0: I think that, you know, you have your Sunday basket and you organize your life. We're all gonna need a Friday work box for our little entrepreneurial on the side things. Mm-hmm. You know, what you're doing and, and piecing together different things like that keeping it organized, keeping your ideas. I think the older you get, the more you realize, oh, you know what, that's a marketable idea. It's something mm-hmm. I could do and and mm-hmm. earn some income from. If you want to work 32 hours a week, you kind of create what that would be.
1: Mm-hmm. And set your price accordingly.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is always, uh, you know, if, if you're in a season where you're like, this is too real for me right now, Lisa, because I've been in those seasons as well. There's always, there's always money in the economy. Like like money is not a feeling or a thing or like it's just a commodity. There's always money. And if you have the right service at the right time, there will be a person that's ready to buy that thing. Maybe not the quantity of it that you want to sell. There's there's always going to be a job. It's just what is the
1: job for this season of life that you're in. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, I'll just add a little advice on that. You know, one of the things I started working on that we talked about in a previous podcast was my credit score, you know, and Mm, my debt to equity ratio and those things. And, you know, I. The power of having a good credit score is underrated, you know, so it took me time, but I would highly recommend, you know, you say, oh, you know, people have a philosophy Daddy used to say, it's like Fritos, they'll make more. Well, that's all great and fine until you have a bad credit score. And then they don't make wow. more. You are screwed. <laughs> so um, so I would say the key to having a lot of opportunities and flexibility would be to start today and make that something you want to work on in 2024, knowing that that is going to take a great deal of time. Um, but like I looked at my credit score yesterday, and I want to say it's like 150 points more than it used to be. Wow. So if you just continue to do those habits, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, my girlfriend that looked at my stuff and told me what to do, which I didn't end up doing, but it would help is to get one of those prepaid credit cards and then use that and then prepay and then use that. But even if it just takes getting in the habit of paying your bills on time and not having those late fees and not having that hit your score, you will be so grateful in the long run because when I saw myself probably losing my job this past summer, I was like, while i have the proof of income and this good credit score i'm going to apply to get some money in the bank so that just in case i have to have surgery or something happens to my car or whatever else i'm not you know out of luck in trying to prove it with you know this little venture that i'm doing that isn't legitimized for 2 years in the minds eye of the credit score people in the banks so that's just one little tidbit i want to say you know get up get dressed show up be ready prepared and then go for it but if you have a good credit score that helps a lot
0: <laughs> yeah you know i often say when i was telling about my um you know 2012 when i quit my teaching job and we had all that debt and everything we've always had amazing credit and i mm-hmm. said it was great to be you know 40 and a gen xer because the thing we had was credit and we used it we used mm-hmm. all the credit cards uh, and the lines of credit and things To that same point, in organized 365 last year, I really focused on our finances. I hired a fractional CFO in December of 2022, and I hired him with the intent of getting a new banking relationship, being ready for an SBA loan for buying a building, getting a new accountant, getting our books in order. And I had no idea what I was kicking off when I did that, but we did. We got a secondary banking relationship. Our bookkeeper ended up, you know, she'd been with us for six years. She wanted to go take care of her new grandbaby. I don't blame her. And so we ended up moving our bookkeeping to a accounting firm. We ended up getting a new accounting firm for our taxes. We are definitely qualified for an SBA loan, but also during the course of that year, I realized I extended our lease here and we're not going to buy a building worked on the different entities behind the scenes and cleaning up our QuickBooks and our integrations. We're still in, in the process of doing some of that, but along those lines and getting that new banking relationship, you had always said, go to Huntington bank mm-hmm. now with Huntington That's my bank. bank. We're at us bank, but we're also at Huntington bank. And I mean, us bank loved us and would tell the story and they're like, you should get more of a line of credit from us, but they could never get it past underwriting. Cause they're just such a big bank and Huntington they gave us more than double the line of credit that we had for US Bank and took our loan that we had, it was like $60,000 over. And they said we're still qualified in addition to that to get much more of a building than I thought we qualified for. So that was great. So in business, and that was before all the interest rates started going up. So mm. I now have you know a banker at US Bank and at Huntington Bank and I could just text either one of them, whatever I need. Um, Another thing we did in the fall was we had our credit card. Everybody buys by credit card, obviously. So there is a processing fee. I didn't realize there are three fees every single time you make a credit card transaction. Yeah. So every subscription plan has three fees. Didn't know that. Anyways, those fees had all gone up over time, but I didn't really realize it. So Mm -hmm. I talked to our person who was running those through at Elevon And she was like, whoa, you haven't called us in a while. I was like, oh, You mean on your side when you are getting money? Oh, I see. On my side. She's like, yeah, we got to do some work here. So she reduced all three of them. She's like, put it on your calendar. You've got to call me every year. Like, you were like way overpaying on all these credit card fees. Yeah. So that was another one. Like, we've gone through our whole P&L, through every single expense. Like, what can we reduce? What are we no longer using? Are we paying for extra employees that don't use that service?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah. So like we did sweet process for a while. No one's using sweet process anymore. So we got rid of that. That was a hundred bucks a month. Mm -hmm. So stuff like that too, like on a business owner side, making sure your line of credit is big enough at all times that your banker knows who you are, that you can call them. You don't have to be very big in order to have a
1: banking relationship. For sure. And I will say Huntington is the number one, lender for small business they pride themselves on that and they have a lot of great programs and a program for women in business and it's interesting you mentioned that about the credit card fees. I was in a networking thing last week or the week before, and the presenter was a girl who does credit card processing. And boy, did yeah. I learn a lot about that that I didn't know. So she represents, I don't know, 15 different companies with credit card processing. And so she will come and meet with you and say, okay, what's your volume? What your transactions? Da, 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 da. Here's the best solution for you. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I never realized that. I've met people who've done credit card processing in the past, but they did it with one company. you know. And so if you can find if you're if you are a small business owner you can find someone like that in your town not just credit card processing but banking whatever it is to say can you look at the whole picture like i do for marketing what are you right. spending on angie's list and should right. we spend that on google lsa right. you know what what what's the whole picture of credit card processing or whatever the case may be and get that advice from someone who has that thirty thousand foot view as opposed to just picking the guy sitting next to you at the chamber meeting i would say that's the best advice i could give
0: mm-hmm Yeah, and these are all things that like never raise to the top of your to do list.
1: Mm -hmm. But the end Um, of the year is a good time to audit your. Like $2.99 for iCloud storage and $4.26 for my ring tone or my ring doorbell and, you know, all those little things. I mean, when I lost my job, I was like, well, I guess I don't need SiriusXM and Apple Music and Amazon Music and, you know, like at the tune of 16 bucks a piece, let's pick one and stick with it, you know. So end of the year is a good time to do an audit like that just to see what is going through your account every month and save a couple bucks. I mean, if you save $25 a month, you know, that's a couple hundred bucks you could go away for the weekend.
0: I usually do like the last week of December all the way through the end of March. is kind of like my financial window for the year, Mm -hmm. both doing my business, but also doing our personal because, you know, you've got taxes due on April 15th, but I usually have mine into my accountant by um, middle of February. So really, that's when I take a good, solid look at everything, make sure everything is where I need it and want it to be. And then I kind of set it and forget it again from like the middle of March until the middle of December.
1: Mm, mm-hmm. Either way, it's I, good to look at it once a year yeah. at least.
0: Yeah. What else do you want to share? We're
1: some really good topics. Geez. Well, most oh, importantly, if you chat. if you do need my help or you just want to send me a message, my email is E M I L Y M as in Mary Kelly, K-E-L-L-Y, at hotmail.com. Don't forget the middle initial M, whoever Emily Kelly at hotmail.com is is not nice so she does not send me your messages i asked her when there was a glitch way back in rainmaker i was like i think some people are emailing you instead and she's basically said you are a pain in my butt (laughs) (laughs) you have too many people emailing you. right you You have too many fans so emily m kelly Mm -hmm. at hotmail.com please feel free to send me a message or if i can help in any way and i always say you know Yeah, I started paying attention, and I probably give at least five referrals every week, whether that's a plumber or a DJ or a caterer or an attorney or an accountant or whatever. People ask me for whatever reason because I have a big network of contacts. So I'm in Northeast Ohio, but I have contacts all over the world. So if there's something that you need that I can help to give you a referral for, I would be happy to. You can also find me on LinkedIn. Right now I'm hacked. Hopefully by the time this airs, I'm not But it's linkedin.com slash I-N slash Emily Kelly, and you can message me there, connect with me there. And that's an easy way to make an introduction if it is someone in the professional services realm. I referred our Facebook ads guy, Luke, twice in the past couple months to people who are looking for an expert at that. So I love helping people because I do have a great network of professionals who are exceptional that will do good work for you. So if you need me, that's how you can reach me.
0: Emily, thanks for being a repeat guest on the Organized 365 podcast, and we wish you the best in 2024. Thank you. I love being here, and I love you, and I love you all. Love you too, Emmy. Bye.